Lord, thank you today for worshiping and responding to the Spirit of the Lord. We want to go to the Word of the Lord. I feel like I need to, I need to preach this today. Amen. Uh, got some good news report. Uh, we're so delighted to have it. I wouldn't embarrass him for a million dollars, but we're so delighted to have Tanya and Kaylee with us here today. They've been in a Bible study with Phil, and they were baptized in Jesus' name this week. And we praise God for that. We're glad for them being here today. And here's a little fun fact. Tanya was my next door neighbor when I was growing up. And so mom and dad, you need to go make sure you meet Tanya. They'll probably have to think far back to remember you, Tanya, but make sure you meet them. They were at, she was asking about mom and dad. They're still here. Hallelujah. Thankful Bishop and Sister Neighbor still with us. We're glad to honor our elders. Amen. We're glad everybody's here. Amen. If this is uh, the first or second, third time you've been in APC, welcome back. We're glad that you're with us. If it's your first time, listen, you're going to love something around here so much that you're going to want to come back. And we want you to do that. We're going to see you again next week and the week after that and the week after that. Amen. We welcome everybody. When you walked in, you became part of our church family. If you've clicked in and this is your first time you've been with us online, we're glad they're here. APC, would you welcome all of our guests here today? We love you, and we're glad you're part of us. One prayer request I want to take care of before we go to the Word of the Lord. Elizabeth had uh, her, uh, she usually sits over here, if you don't know her, one of our, one of our Spanish saints, and um, she had surgery this week, and she just needs prayer. So would you just lift your hands to heaven and pray for Elizabeth right now? Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all of the modern uh, medical science, but Lord, you are the healer of these bodies, and we pray for healing in Lisbeth right now. God, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to heal the pain. God, I pray, Lord, for recovery, a speedy recovery in the name of Jesus. For your glory, God, we pray that you should be back in the house of the Lord, worshiping and praising you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Turn with me today to Psalms chapter 34, if you have your Bibles. Psalms chapter 34. And, uh, and verse 1, here's what the Word says. I will bless the Lord at all times. Somebody knows this one? Come on, say it with me. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I don't know about that scripture. Those scriptures kind of get me amped up a little bit. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Today, for just a little while, I want to preach to you from that scripture, the second one. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Let me preach to you bragging rights bragging rights. Turn to somebody next to you right now and tell them, say, you may not know it. Tell them, you may not feel it. You may not think it, but you've got bragging rights. Come on, now tell them, tell somebody else right next to you. Turn to somebody else. We're just getting ready here. Tell them, say, you may not know it. You may not feel it, but you've got bragging rights. Amen. The Lord's going to help us today. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. 
We ask you, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your presence that's already been in this place. We ask you, Lord, God, that you would allow your word, Jesus, to go forth without any sort of problems or restrictions. We pray, Lord, in your name that it would explode in our hearts and be the perfect word, God, that is formed to us and for us. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and let's praise him together. Thank you, Jesus. Lord bless you. You can be seated. Um, bragging is hard for most of us to take. It's not, um, it's not something that we tend to, tend to enjoy. In fact, there is nothing that will start eyes rolling more than somebody that's full of themselves. Can I get an Amen. You ever been in a room with somebody bragging? You're like, oh my Lord, you know, when's it gonna stop? Let me bow down to you. Anybody? Yeah, it's hard to take. In fact, Proverbs gives us some good advice. It says, let another man praise thee and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. But believe it or not, bragging is acceptable to almost anybody in some forms, when you talk about sports rivalries, there's a lot of bragging that goes on. Can I get an amen there? I mentioned cards and cubs. Any bragging goes on with that? How about, you know, bears and packers? Any bragging go on with that one? How about Ohio State or Michigan or maybe Notre Dame? Any bragging go on with that? Seems like when it comes to sports rivalries that, that it's okay to brag. You may have, that's probably the guys. I'm not sure the girls will join in on that one, but guys will say, hey man, that's right. And there is nothing more annoying than someone bragging on a team that beat yours. Come on, man. Nothing more annoying for the Bruce than somebody bragging on somebody that beat LSU. So, right? I could call out a lot of folks, amen. But, but, but we allow it, and uh, it's kind of okay because the time's coming. <laughs> time's coming when LSU is on top. The time's coming when Notre Dame, when Ohio State. At some point, your team's going to win. And when your team wins, it's your time. It's your time to get behind the keyboard. Come on, Patrick's saying, yeah, he's feeling the Holy Ghost right now. It's your time to brag. It's your time to, to scream and to holler. It's amazing how vocal and how much people get into bragging about their teams, how crazy and passionate they become. I've often thought, man, it's almost like they think they're the ones that were on the field doing it. They're more passionate than the players. And, and I've heard this, I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times. It ain't bragging if you can do it. Right? Bragging rights, bragging rights. The time when it is acceptable to brag. Here's how the Urban Dictionary, you gotta be careful in that dictionary, but here's how the Urban Dictionary, this is a safe one, the Urban Dictionary defines it. Bragging rights are the rights granted to a person that allow said person to boast on themselves to a certain extent without being looked down on for it. Bragging rights may be granted to a person for, but not limited to, the following reasons. Number one, an amazing achievement. Number two, attaining some 
something greatly desired by many other people. And number three, an unfortunate event that can be viewed as positive for different reasons. However, there's a disclaimer. However, using bragging rights after their expiration date may lead to extreme dislike of said person. We do have the right to brag once in a while. We are on a team that's worth bragging about. We are part of something that can do something. And I don't even know if it's bragging as you can do it. You talk about amazing achievement. Psalms said the Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. I received a report this week in prayer meeting on Tuesday nights. And by the way, we still have prayer meeting every other Tuesday night. Just letting you know, all right? But in prayer meeting on Tuesday night, we had a great report of one of the ladies in our church that had a diagnosis of cancer, but just got a scan, and it was absolutely clean after we prayed. No cancer in her body. I'm just telling you, it's not just something in general. The Lord has done great things for us. And if I had time, I could give you a mic and some of you could stand up here and say, let me tell you what he's done for me of times he's healed my body. I don't have to go to another story. I've got my own story. I don't have to find it in a newspaper. It's in my life. How he changed me. He filled me, satisfied me, turned me around. Is there anybody that's got a testimony? I don't have to convince you. You know he's done great things for me. And it's changed your perspective. You join Apostle Paul when he says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. I'm trying to tell somebody, I don't care what you think. I don't care how you feel. If you know Jesus, you've got a right to brag. There is something to brag about when you know Jesus, when you've repented of your sins, you've been baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's something to brag about. When your life's been changed from a downward spiral to an upward ascent, I'm here to tell you that's something to brag about. Amazing achievements. Urban Dictionary says we can do it. It says if we can find something worth bragging about that will attain something greatly desired by many people that we can brag about it. I don't know about you, but the Bible tells me that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, this world is scratching and clawing to find righteousness and what's right and trying to find peace and trying to find joy, and they're looking in all the wrong places. We've got a right to brag. We've got bragging rights because this kingdom that we've been ushered into, come on now, this kingdom that we've walked into, it's got joy, it's got peace, it's got righteousness. Even times when I shouldn't feel joy, I still feel it. Even times when I ought not to have any peace, I've still got it. Why? Because that's the attributes of the kingdom of God that I'm a part of. And you're just going to have to excuse me this morning, Brother George, but I'm going to brag. This world doesn't have it, but I've got it. This world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Anybody else feel like I feel? Come on, I dare you for about 10 seconds to stand to your feet. I just want to brag. 
and tell you how good God has been. Come on, if he woke you up this morning, it's something to brag about. If he started you on your way, it's something to brag about. You got a whole world out there that's trying to find the peace of God, trying to find the joy. Look at somebody and say, and I got it. Come on, look at somebody else and say, I've got it. Tell them, say, I am bragging. Third reason the Urban Dictionary says that we can brag is that unfortunate events that can be viewed positively, if we have those, then we, we have bragging rights. We can brag about that. In other words, when bad stuff happens, but it turns to a positive. We got a right to brag. Bradley told you about that testimony of that, what'd you call him? We're gonna talk after church. I know you ain't talking about my angel. Running around here, woo! I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna elaborate a little bit on that. I, I, the best testimony on, in that child's life was the time when his daddy told the doctor after the operation, he said, how's he doing? He said, well, he's, you know, he can throw the ball and he catches." it. He said, he can see well enough to catch a ball? I'm telling you, some of the top medical experts in this field in the entire world looked at astonishment on an apostolic Holy Ghost-filled person and said, let me brag and tell you what the Lord has done. Look, I'm just telling somebody, if you think hard enough, you've got plenty to brag about. If you'll start thinking about the goodness of Jesus. Oh, come on, where's my old timers at? That old song said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving. Come on, somebody brag, somebody brag, somebody brag. Get loud with it. Praise God. But the Urban Dictionary stops and says, you've only got so long. That's where I disagree. Because my right does not expire. I said my right doesn't expire. I look at mom and dad here. They've been saved since Moses. I think they got the Holy Ghost on the ark. You know what I'm saying? But their hands are still up in the air. Why? Because bragging doesn't expire when it's on the Lord. When your soul is making a boast in the Lord, it can be one year, two year, three year, 50 years. But I say bragging rights. Now, it does matter which way your brag is pointing. So let me ask you, which way is your brag pointing? Because you can get all about self with what God has done in your life. You can get all about you, what's really all about him. I want you to notice David's posture as he writes this to us today. My soul shall make her boast, say it loud, in the Lord. So let me translate. David said, look at me so you can see him. David said, check my life out, and what you'll find is the glory and the goodness of God. That's why Paul would write and say, but he that glorieth, 
Don't glory in yourself. Let him glory in the Lord. The problem is we all suffer from eye disease. We suffer from Isaiah 14 as he called out the attributes of Lucifer. I will be like the most high. I will ascend. I, I, I. It is the spirit of self and the spirit of sin. It is the result of our base nature and sin that causes us to boast of everything good in our lives to ourselves. If you look around, you tell me if I'm wrong. Self-focus is the prevalent theme of our society. It's all about the person, the self, what they feel, what they experience, everything about them. But Proverbs still tells us in chapter 27, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Let me ask you a very pointed question today. Who owns your successes? Who owns the good stuff in your life? Who owns the blessing in your life? Who owns the stuff that you want to think about? Who owns the stuff and the, 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 the things in your life? Who owns even the secrets? But Jeremiah chapter nine says, thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glory glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That's the Lord speaking, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Solomon was a man rich enough and powerful enough to go and to purview the entire world, to find everything that man and humanity and the world could offer. He looked at work and he studied it and he said, it's vanity because you get to the end of your life Come on, somebody. And it all goes to somebody else what's left over. He said, I studied mirth and good times and drinking. and I studied stuff and riches. And every one of those things ended up in vanity and empty. I even looked at wisdom and knowledge. And it was an endless quest with no fire, fair ending. And so he gets down to his experiment in Ecclesiastes 12 and says, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. It sounds like something his daddy taught him. It sounds like something that David had said before. My soul has got only one place to direct my brag. My soul shall boast in the Lord. David said, look at me. And when you look at me, you will see him. We've got a right to brag on how big he is. Amen? You've got a right to brag on how big he is. And when he is the focus of your life, please listen to me, you get all his fullness. When he becomes the focus, you get everything that he is. That's why Psalms 22 said, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. In other words, the psalmist said that he enthrones himself in the focus of his people, the praises of his people. He dwells in the holy place where the praises of the church or his people are offered. And we come into that presence with that kind of opportunity. The opportunity to take our lives and build a throne for him. And instead, we have what I'm going to call today a Sam's Club mentality look at somebody next to you and say did you come to Sam's or did you come to church come on y'all looking at me funny it's going to make sense in a minute tell them say did you come to Sam's or did you come to church you know why a lot of people go to Sam's it ain't because they're there to buy anything no 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 
I don't want to buy 17 pounds of hot dogs at one time. No, why am I there? I'm there for the samples. Every time I turn around, there's somebody. The other day I was in there and this guy was getting into it, man. He was like, samples. I got some samples over here. It was like dry crackers. That's why he had to go nuts about it because nobody wanted his samples. But if you're not careful, you can get a sans mentality about the house of God and about your faith in Jesus Christ. It's just about the samples. It's just about little tastes, little moments. And it's not about buying in to what you really need. Come on now. I'm telling you, how many of you came in for a sample? And it just depends on the service, right? He walked out of Sam's and said, mm, them samples were good today. You mean they, they had smoked salmon today. That was a good sample. How many people walk out of the house of God with that same mentality? Oh, the music was good today. You just got you a sample. Oh, the preaching was good today. Just got you a sample. And all the time, God's saying, I want more than just a shopping center experience with you. I want to be your life. I'm telling you, you can't just taste and see. you got to take it all in. He's got to become everything. Because when he becomes a focus, you get all of his fullness. The biggest frustration of our faith is our personal view of Jesus. For a lot of folks, he's just too small. At least that's the way we look at him. Walk a quarter mile away from this building and look back at it. And in your view, it will appear possibly only a few inches tall. It is not because the building is shrunk. It's because your perspective has changed. It's a difference between what they call apparent size and actual size. And if you're too far away, you'll never discern the actual dimensions of what you're looking at. No, you gotta get close to measure the true dimensions of what you're looking at. You've gotta come close. You know what I've decided in my years of experience? I've decided that the only reason why people struggle with faith is that they're just too far away. And if you look at faith from a quarter mile, a mile, or two miles away, I can see where you say, you know what? That doesn't look any bigger than anything else. But ladies and gentlemen, if you can get close to Jesus, you'll find out exactly how big he is. No wonder David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You know what that means? Get ready, real deep. It means to make larger. David said, let's make God bigger than what we're looking at him with. Let's exalt his name together. Let's make him, let's make him big. Not because he's not already big, but because we're too far away to see how big he is. Let's change the way that we look at the God that we're worshiping. Let's realize there is nothing that is impossible to him. Let's realize he can do anything. He can be anything. He's over everything. By this, I understand the truth that the closer that I get, the more accurate my view is. So let's look at him in his fullness. Because when you get that close and you see him for what he is, when you brag about Jesus, here's what David promises. He said, your brag goes further than just praises up to heaven. When I brag about Jesus, others get hope. Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Here's the problem with a brag. Most of the time, it takes a battle to get one. 
I want you to think. I want you to think about the most glorious things that God has done in your life. It's been at the lowest moments. Many of them have been at the lowest moments. Much of the greatness of God in your life has been at a time when you really needed help and there was nowhere else to turn. I mean, you wish you could have realized it earlier. Come on now. But, but it was in the low moments. It's when there was nowhere else to turn. It's when the, the diagnosis was too dire for you to trust anything else. And there was no medical answers for you. It was, it was the moment when the family was raveling apart and there was nothing else that was ever going to step in and make it better. It was a time when your emotions were at such a mess that it was going to be God or it was going to be the loony bin somewhere. It was in the time when you were the lowest that God became the greatest because many times Ghosts come from battles. The story that we read of David and Abimelech, that's where David wrote this psalm. It was a story of when he was in a low point in his life. He was, he, was, he was viewed as a threat to King Saul because of the success and the blessing of God in his life. And so he had to run from that prideful, murderous king that wanted to take him out because that's what kings did then. If there was any threat, you just took it out. So David was on the hit list and he was also on the run. He found himself in the throne room of Abimelech, a Philistine lord, sworn enemy of Israel. And the Bible said it wasn't going good. And, and he feigned himself crazy. And what, when at a time when he probably should have been destroyed or taken captive or, or just taken and wiped off the planet, they just said, get this crazy man out of me and out of here and out of my presence. And David escaped with his life, except that he's paused long enough to write these scriptures that you're reading here today. He went out of a dire situation, an emergency situation that God brought him out of and he stopped long enough to say, listen, my soul is gonna make her boast in the Lord. He made statements like, I'll bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I wonder today if there's some Davids under the sound of my voice. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing, but could I challenge you in the middle of, of that battle to boast in the Lord at all times, even when it doesn't seem right, even when it doesn't seem like it's gonna go good, even when it seems like there is no answer. I'm gonna turn my face to the hills. I'm gonna praise the Lord. I'm gonna give him glory. I wish I had somebody that testified of a time when you were low. I praised him anyway. I didn't have a reason. It seemed like everything was wrong, but I praised him anyway. It seemed like it was going in the wrong direction, but I praised him anyway. David said at all times, the praise shall be in my mouth because battles become brags. They say that forest fires are deadly. They say they're destructive, but do you know there's benefits? Do you know that nature itself actually thrives on those fires removing low-growing underbrush, and it cleans the forest floor of debris, opens it up to sunlight, nourishes the soil, and it reduces the competition for nutrients, allowing established trees to grow, that fire actually purifies and makes things stronger. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? I don't want to go through any hard times. There's nothing in me, Sid, that says, give me some troubles, but I thank God for every trouble that I walk through. I'm going to tell you why, because when I stood with God it turned into a brag and it turned into a boast and it turned into a testimony my soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof 
and be glad. Our greatest pandemic is not some sort of virus running around or the potential of it. I would dare say hopelessness is the greatest pandemic facing our world right now. And Satan has pushed this willing humanity into this uttermost darkness. But I told you, if you were here Sunday night, I told you, there's still light in a dark world. Come on, there's still light. If Jesus is involved, there's still light. He was a life and the light of men. And the light shined into the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it. You know what that said? David said, I'm gonna boast in the Lord. And when people hear what God has done in my life, he said the humble, the hopeless, the depressed, they're gonna hear and they're gonna be glad. Why? Because now there is actually something on the planet that can give them hope. Listen, I'm telling you, some of your successes and struggles are going to become a survival guide for somebody else later on. If you can get through this, you just don't know how much light you can put in somebody's life. So the humble are going to hear thereof, and they are going to be glad. You know what that tells me? That tells me that every time that you share the smallest of victories from your life that Jesus has done, it's a light piercing the darkness. It's more light coming into somebody's life and more darkness running away from somebody's life. I want you to stand with me here this morning. Jesus healed a man possessed with devils. His whole life had been ransacked by demons and Satanic forces. They, they couldn't control him. They tried to bind him with fetters and with chains and he would just break them. Lived his life in the tombs and the graves of the local town. But the second that Jesus showed up on his shore, every devil had to leave and peace and healing came into his life. He wanted to go with Jesus. So let me go with you. Let me be with you. I mean, after all, look what you have done. And Jesus looked back to him and said, no, you go home and you go to your friends and you tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. Could it be, ladies and gentlemen, that some of the reason why you've been through the battles you've been through and you've got the brags that you have are not just that so God could have a bigger pedigree or a better resume. He is who he is all by himself. Could it be that some of the brags in your life of what God has done are to demonstrate to somebody else that in this hopeless, dark world that there's a light that can shine and there is hope beyond hopelessness I'm telling you, I feel this so strong this morning. I don't know who I'm talking to, but, but you have been convinced that you have nothing to brag about. And I'm here to tell you there's enough light in what God has done in your life already to absolutely turn someone else's life upside down. You just got to realize you've got a right to brag. You have bragging rights. He's big enough to brag about. And he's done enough for you 
to be able to share with somebody else. I wonder today if we wanted to get out of our seats and come to an altar and maybe you just want to remind yourself how good God has been. Maybe you just want to come and brag on him in praise and prayer for a minute. But also maybe you want to come and get challenged. Get challenged for you to take that next step that you need in your life. Maybe you realize that realize how great God has been already and how much more he wants to do for you. Come on, is there somebody else? As we sing and we play today, let's seek the Lord. If you sing here today and say, look, I don't even know the Lord. You can know him today. I don't have anything to brag about. God can change that in a moment in this service here today. Come on, all over this house, in the front, in the back, would you lift your hands and would you begin to seek the Lord and ask him right now, Lord, oh God, change me. God, I remember. Maybe you need to go down and remember. I remember what you've done. Lord, I want to know what else do you want to do in my life? Come on, let's sing. Let's pray. Let's seek his face together.